0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 22 of the Unraveled podcast. Today we unpack the upcoming season and what it means to have new wine. Bridget will even take us through a beautiful meditation that she got to do on her last retreat. We hope you enjoy this episode and if you do please feel free to share with a friend and hit subscribe. Also we'd love to hear from you via social media at the Unraveled podcast.
1: Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget.
0: And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Hi, sis. Hi. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. What are you guys up to this weekend? Celebrating a big birthday boy? Oh, yeah. We got a big three-year-old.
1: The theme of Colby's birthday this year is three recs. (laughs) <laughs> um, not to be confused with T-Rex, <laughs> we all know that he's a three Rex. He's
0: the best Rex.
1: I know. He's like so excited. Um, and we, we're doing it obviously very small because of COVID. Yes, of um, course. so it's just him, his little friend, Calvin, who is also T's little friend mm. and, um, another friend, Jack from school. His best so, friend
0: from where, or school. I almost said Yes. That.
1: And I actually, I saw his dad walking, they live walking distance to the preschool that we go to and they just had their second uh, baby who is so, so new, like a week old. And I saw the dad with Jack on a skateboard attached to the um, up baby newborn bassinet and they had a a dog, a newborn and a toddler. And I was just like, kudos to you for killing it you're killing life. And I told him about the birthday. I'm like, I'm sure you guys can't come. But he was just like, no, like we've been so cooped that like, we would love to come. So I think people just like want, you know, connection right now because we're all, we've all, we're all sick of being, you know, just
0: cooped up all summer. Totally. And I mean, that's the theme of this episode is being cooped up and needing this change of season fall. Which, you must be obsessed with September, sis, because not only is it your son's birthday, but it's your birthday the following week. And you're turning 30, which is I know. Crazy. I'm an old, an old lady. <laughs> I'm an oh, old lady. I met you when you were 23. So, like, that's wild to think about. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love September more and more. Like, it's just... I was just talking to a coworker about this. I'm like, I've been seeing all these people posting how much they love fall and how happy they are Mm -hmm. that it's fall. And I'm like, I have to agree with them. I think fall is the best. And I can't even put my finger on why. Like I was talking, we were going for a little walk down the road and I was like, what is it about this weather that you Mm -hmm. just are so happy when you walk out into like a crisp fall day? It just like makes you nostalgic maybe for like other holidays to come. I don't
0: know what it is. I think so too. And now more than ever with everything that's happening, I mean, we had a normal January, half February was normal mm-hmm. and then it was completely, yeah, just totally not what we expected. And so I think this is something that can be expected and we all are waiting in expectant hope for this change. And yeah. it's there and it's actually vibrant and visceral because the leaves change and you know, you can feel it like you just said. And so I think we all are longing for that change and yeah. regrowth and um, all of it. And you actually have like a number changing, <laughs> like your, your age is changing and it's like an, on the calendar and it just is something to look forward to. I feel like it's a, yeah.
1: a new decade. I, I can't believe it. It's like weird to me because I don't feel like I'm about to turn 30. Um, but it's like, there's also like some emotion to it because you're like, wow, like this is such a monumental, mm-hmm. like milestone birthday. Like, have I done everything that a 30 year old is supposed to do? And I think that so many people put this pressure on these like milestone birthdays that, um, I've just heard other girls be like, well, if I'm not married by this time, then, you know, I'm going to be like, just so sad, so devastated. And to me, it's like, well, like our, our plans are not our own. Like our life is not our own. Like we have to just be devoted to like following the path that God has set before us. And wherever he leads you at whatever point in time, whatever birthday, like that's where you are meant to be. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it's not a cheesy line. Like you have to actually be, I think true happiness and true joy comes from being okay. So the times that I've had those thoughts creep in, have I done everything Mm -hmm. I should have done before 30? I try to just remind myself of all the blessings that have been given to me and whether or not my life is exactly how I thought it would be by the time I'm 30. Like God has a totally different plan for me. That's probably even better than I thought. So, percent.
0: I mean, it is. You have two beautiful children. You're happily married. You have a great job. You have dreams. You have all of these things that, you know, are such gifts. All of it is a gift, I think. And you have the best um, perspective with it because if we look at it like it's a gift, then what can we say? Oh, it's not even in my control to, you know, to have what everything I wanted. It's You're going to have more because- their gifts from God, not from you. So,
1: exactly. I love that. I feel good about it. I actually don't have any. Um, I don't have anything that I could think of that I wish I had or I wish I had achieved or whatever. Like I just, I feel very content, That's and I awesome. think like maybe maybe COVID has done that for a lot of people. Where like, yeah. you, I have really reevaluated on a deep level, brought up a lot in myself um these past few months of like what is the meaning of everything mm-hmm. and am I living my true purpose on this earth and what really matters mm-hmm. and it's just made me cling so much harder to my family and so much harder to the truth and I've had such clarity I don't know if you have felt that way totally.
0: um yeah you said it just the truth that and if you cling to that then everything makes sense what matters will makes sense and what you're supposed to do makes sense mm-hmm. uh, which makes me want to ask you bi haven't even I cannot believe we haven't talked about this but you just went on an epic retreat that not a lot of people get to go on because it was um well we've talked about a couple times on this podcast um being a child of divorce right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was what was the theme of the retreat I, I know that's what it was for but I really
1: want to, it's called, it's called recovering origins. And, um, it is just like a very beautiful ministry. And it's something that has obviously ministered to me personally, but it has made me realize that like something that I think for the rest of my life, I will try to work through is, um, walking with other people who have experienced this, um, unique wound, which is sadly a lot of our generation Mm -hmm. of millennials, We do have um, divorce in our experience and, um, you know, thank God you don't. And there's other people who have intact families still that, that help, you know, people like me who, who had a totally different story, but seeing beautiful families, obviously also aids in your own healing, but to be around, you know, 50 other young Catholics um, who have experienced you know, divorce, whether it was in their child years or their adult years and to be able to talk about that and to really go deep into like, I guess one thing that I never really um, unpacked in my own life because society has made us normalize divorce so much. The problem with that is when you normalize it, then your children are seen to just continue on with life and move on and not really acknowledge what has happened. Mm -hmm. And it was through this retreat that was you know deeply rooted in spirituality um and theology that they kind of went through um okay well the the main impact of the wound of divorce is how it kind of damages your story of origin so we all have a story of origin that is like deeply rooted within us it's why we it's why we cling to our families it's why we love traditions it's why we love things like you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and being around our families, because when you're around your mom and your dad and your siblings, like you're surrounded by your family of origin. And that is like, literally like your living, breathing story. Like you are a part of those people. But then when that breaks, you're still a human being walking around on this earth, but the story of your origin has now like kind of broken and you're never going to have that again. And so I guess like what I realized for myself before I went on that healing retreat was that I had really suppressed a lot of that. And Mm -hmm. um, it just made me think like how many other people out there, whatever the wound is, whether it's something that happened in their family or with their parents or, you know, with a spouse or um, another relationship, like how many of us are just like harboring these wounds and like really not letting Like God come into your life and truly unpack and heal, and it it was weird because I was on this high at the retreat. I totally felt compelled. Like after the retreat ended, like you know, I want to work on things with my dad. I want to work more on forgiveness, like active forgiveness, which is not just like a one-time thing. Like it's like always choosing forgiveness. Sometimes you'll choose it every day with a certain person in your life. Oh, that's good. I never felt ready to do that. Um, but then after so many other people's stories, I felt like, you know, I feel ready to just start to, um, feel strong enough to do that. Um, but it was after the retreat that I felt a very deep heaviness of like, wow, like I have for the first time in my life and thank God it happened before I turned 30 have like really unpacked and thought through, um, Like, how did this affect my relationships with people? How did this affect my trust in people? Things like that. And so I'm deeply grateful that that Mm. experience happened to me. Um, And I just hope that, you know, anybody walking in suffering of any kind um, who hears this will go on something like a healing retreat um, or, you know, a spiritual retreat, because it was so nice to even just be in the middle of nowhere to like really not have my phone on me very much and to just like totally detach from everything and work on myself. So it was really lovely.
0: I love that sis. And ties totally into the new season that you're entering Mm -hmm. and we all are entering, but you, especially next week. And that's coming in kind of unpacked, like pruned by God worked through like as you know, they call it a harvest in the fall. I just literally pulled out my kale from my garden and it's just incredible how like, once you work through all that shit, you know, you can, you know, grow new. Speaking
1: of harvest, I, I am like blown. I can't believe we actually have not even discussed this until now on the podcast, but I am like blown away by your Instagram stories of your garden. Like how the heck did you grow a pumpkin? (laughs) Um, One pumpkin should have been more, but
0: we'll see. But how? That was so quick. I know eight weeks. I that's how long it takes. July. I think Fourth of July we planted it, and I think the sun here helps in the soil. But I don't know. I don't have a green thumb at all. I just just watered. That's really what I did. And we don't even know what's in the garden. Be to be honest, I dumped a. Wait, really? Yeah, I think I have pumpkin kale. I think we, he thinks we put radishes in. I am convinced we didn't, and we definitely have butternut squash, but I, I remember just dumping seeds and I was like, don't forget what you put. And I even put potatoes in there, but anyway, it's been really fun to see. And just the working and cutting off the dead leaves, anything holding you back and uh, exactly. all of that, it's like, we can take it into our lives. And you said that with forgiveness. And I love what you said about deciding every day to forgive. And sometimes it's multiple times a day with one person. That's so true. Oh, yeah. You can't just forgive some people, not others. It's like, nope, I am a forgiving human. I'm going to mm-hmm. forgive in every moment. And forgive and forgive fast, immediately after something happens. Don't hold on. Don't let it fester. Don't let it become something it's not. Forgive immediately. And that's something Absolutely. I can learn for sure.
1: Oh, it was so beautiful. And it was like the, the healing is also continuous, which like I'm just so grateful to God for because like little moments like I'll have where someone will send me something or say something and it will remind me of the the healing work that I did on that weekend and one of them happened this morning when you sent me the um, new wine song by Hillsong yes. which I'd never heard so I don't know what made you send me that but um I God. We did a beautiful God, God <laughs> did it through you 100% The whole retreat that I went on was super beautiful and um, honestly life-changing for me. Um, I had a lot of breakthroughs um, and realizations about, um, you know, things that I I needed to work on to be a more whole wife, a more whole mother, Um, but one of the most beautiful moments of the entire weekend was when um, before adoration, we um, were told to all close our eyes and one of the speakers went through a guided meditation on the wedding feast at Cana. And I think that, um, this story was super healing for me. And I think a lot of people could relate and put themselves, um, kind of into this scene and, you know, just have it be a resource to think through, um, things that you could heal from, relationships that you could heal from, whether they be, you know, romantic relationships or family relationships. Uh, It's just really beautiful. Um, And so it goes like this. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it out. And when the head waiter tasted the water, it had become wine. Without knowing where it came from, although the servers had drawn the water new, The head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everybody serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in in Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory. And his disciples began to believe in him. John 2 verses 1 through 11. Close your eyes and visualize this scene. What are you seeing as you take the place of the bridegroom or the bride who is by his side? What are your surroundings? Do you hear laughter and sounds of joy all around you? Is there music? Are you excited that you've entered into the holy marriage? What are the smells that fill the air? Do you taste the food or sip the wine that is in front of you? Do you look over and see your beautiful spouse? What is he or she wearing? Like the bridegroom, you are anxious about the wine running out wine represents the joy of life the joy of love perhaps your wine too has run out because of your parents divorce or some other hurt that has happened to you in your life do you feel dry and empty like the wineskin that once held the wine? recall now a negative experience related to relationships one you feel is somehow connected to your parents divorce or another hurt that happened to you in your life or your childhood perhaps you are afraid of becoming too close to someone Perhaps you were making the same mistake that your parents made. Perhaps, as a result, you now think that love does not last forever. Whatever that hurt is, recall it now. Are you alone or are you with someone? If you are with someone, then what would you say to that person? Our mother Mary now comes to your assistance like she did at the wedding feast at Cana. She is moved by your sorrow. She turns to Christ who is there with her, visibly moved by your agony. She asks Christ for a new wine, a new joy for your life. Do you see them with you, gazing lovingly at you and speaking about a wine for you? At first Christ's response, woman, how does this concern affect me? My hour has not yet come, is jarring. Does Christ not care about you? Does he not care about us? Perhaps there's no new wine for your life. Yet then you hear Mary's last words to us in the scripture, do whatever he tells you. She knows the true meaning of Christ's words. She knows that the question of Christ, how does your concern affect me, is not a lack of sympathy, but an invitation to faith. Mary responds with a perfect act of faith. Do whatever he tells you. Can we hear these same words spoken to us by Mary? Do whatever he tells you. What will your response be? Will you believe in Christ's power to act in your life? After this moment, Christ takes water used for Jewish purification rites for marriage, and he turns it into wine. By this surprising act, Christ indicates that he is bringing a new joy into your life by transforming marriage into something unfathomably beautiful and holy. He is making a new wine. Married love now carries his presence. And because of his presence, that love is capable of never failing. Of course, many marriages still end in divorce due to human sin. But then a couple's love is caught up within divine love in a sacrament and then it can never be broken at its deepest level. It is this new wine of Christ's love ultimately poured out for the church on the cross and made sacramentally present in the Eucharist that he offers a safeguard and a strengthening of our human love in the face of sin and brokenness that we see in humanity. Taste therefore this wine that the head waiter brings to you on behalf of Christ. What does it taste like? Is it sweet or semi-sweet? Wet or dry? Cool or warm? You are astonished at the quality of this wine. It is unlike anything you have ever tasted before. You look over at your spouse and you smile. There is something new here now. The head waiter says to you, everyone serves the good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely an inferior one, but you have kept the good wine until now. Now, with a smile, together you and your spouse drink some more. It is so good and so pure. It refreshes your lips and your mouth parts dry from the joylessness from your parents' divorce or your childhood hurt. As you take another sip of wine, feel this new indissoluble love of Christ entering into every limb within your body, your veins, your hands, your head, and your heart then with your spouse beside you you hold the chalice of his new wine together you do not need to ask the head waiter where it came from because you both already know you look to christ and he looks at you he raises his hands lays them upon you and blesses you love now lasts forever not because it has been freed from all mistakes or weaknesses but because your love is in his hands you begin to believe in this new love Like the disciples at Cana began to believe in Christ at that moment, Christ embraces you. You can hear his heartbeat. With every beat, it says, I love you. I love you. I love you. Stay there as long as you want and know that you are God's beloved. I just like loved that thought and that symbol of like, new wine like kind of pouring over into your life and with this new season upon us like I just feel this like it's almost like a revival Mm -hmm. of like good things happening despite like what a hard year like I don't know if we will ever truly be able to forget this year (laughs) but like God wants new wine for us like he wants the best for us and we have to believe that and we have to rest in that and so like I've had moments where I've felt like guilty for being like so happy that it's fall or like so happy for 2021. And I'm like, why? Like, why wouldn't we expect that things are gonna get better? Right. Like we should
0: expect that. A hundred percent. Oh, new wine. So yeah. Give me new wine. New Hashtag wine new wine. Hashtag I ain't drinking wine until our photo shoot next week, which Oh, which is now.
1: the biggest news of the, of the day. Totally. Exactly. Ken's is flying here all the way from california which i still am pinching myself about oh, me too um and we are so excited to share with you guys all of the rebrand things that we're going to be working on um but yeah no wine no new wine <laughs> until after
0: our big photo shoot and then the Friday. best wine the best vineyard in wine country i hope once we book these airbnbs let's pray
1: <laughs> yeah if anyone is listening and has <laughs>
0: anyone out there listening on the airwaves as you say on the airwaves who
1: knows amazing vineyards um well actually no like I know the the amazing vineyards in Virginia the problem is everything is booked which is funny because I thought oh nothing's gonna be booked in terms of Airbnbs or hotels because everyone's still scared of COVID right and I think what this is showing me because everything is booked nobody is as terrified and afraid as the media wants us to see the media wants us to see and so like all of this stuff is so connected to me that like you know we really need to live in this season of joy and honestly I'm happy everything's booked because I want people to get back to normal and and I want people to enjoy this season of life um and we shouldn't we were not meant to like lock ourselves in cloister in our homes. Like we're for connection and joy and we shouldn't live in fear. Absolutely.
0: We should live with the hope that things are only looking up and be positive about it.
1: Why wouldn't Mm -hmm. we? I love it. Exactly.
0: So to new seasons to fall and I can't wait to see you next week. And we can't wait for all the surprises ahead.
1: I know. And the biggest exciting part is we will record an in-person podcast together um, that we will finally for the first time in I don't even know how many months we'll be able to do a podcast together. So that will be a super fun episode that oh, I'm really excited for. We can't wait. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
0: I love it. Can't wait to All see Jesus. Right. Have a great we'll week. See you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to COVID Combos, a series brought to you by Unraveled Podcasts. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.